Have you lost your hope? I want to tell you how you can get your hope back today. And if you don't have hope, then I trust you'll find hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, do you know that tomorrow we're scheduled to have an asteroid to hit the earth? How many knew that? It's supposedly the size of a refrigerator and supposedly will do much damage. So I got news. We may not have election after all. <laughs> I don't think it's going to, to hit. But anyway, anyway, uh, hope for healing. Hope for healing. And we're looking today in our continuation of our study of this great book called the Book of Revelation. And I want to share with you two ways to get your hope back or two ways to keep hope in a very difficult time. And some of us perhaps are going through some really challenges in our life. And I believe the Lord is going to use this to encourage you today. Hope for healing. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Revelation, please. Revelation, hope for healing. And certainly we need to be praying for our nation and for our leaders and for our families, our community, and for the lost that they'll come to know Jesus Christ in a personal living way and that we who name the name of Jesus will have faith in the God of the Bible in spite of our circumstances or in spite of what turns out even next week. Here's what we're going today. Two ways to have hope. Number one, I want to ask this question, is how can we have hope and healing in our hearts? How can we have hope and healing in our hearts? I'll bring it on the screen in a moment. We'll see that in this wonderful book. I hadn't told you what chapter yet, but I will in just a moment. Number two, not only have, can we have hope and healing in our hearts, but we'll see that clearly in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. But number two, how can we have hope and healing in our homes and in our heritage and in this nation? Look with me, please, in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. I want you to find that great chapter of the book of Revelation, namely the last chapter in the book of Revelation. Hope and healing. I got a feeling there's some of us today that need some real healing. It might be physical healing. It might be emotional healing. It might be a spiritual healing. Whatever kind of healing, thank God the Lord is the bomb of Gilead, and therefore he is the great healer. And so we come to this 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. As we look at this text, you're well aware of the fact in the context, chapter 21, the apostle John has described the great celestial city on high. Oh, yes, it's called the New Jerusalem. It's a place where there'll be no more sickness and no more sorrow and no more death. Ah, thank God, no more pain. Aren't you looking forward to the place called the New Jerusalem? And furthermore, if you recall, we have been studying the book of Revelation and seeing what John said, write the things that you've seen, the things that are, and the things which shall be hereafter, the past, the present, the future. Beginning in chapter 1, with Jesus Christ, after he had been crucified, raised from the dead, as we've been singing about, oh, with the keys to death and hell, and John sees him in his glorified state. His hair was white as wool. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head are many crowns. 
and out of his mouth with the sound of many waters. Oh, have you seen Jesus lately? No wonder John fell as a dead man before him. And then we come to chapter 2 and 3, the letter to the seven literal churches during John's day and a picture of our modern day. And we progress through the book of Revelation, chapter 4, all the way up to chapter 22. And chapter 4 is certainly a picture of the rapture. John says, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. And immediately I was in the spirit and heard, come up hither. And there is a description in chapter 5 of Revelation of the one who's worthy to open the book and the seals thereof, namely the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he is the one that's worthy, our Lord Jesus Christ. He takes the scroll from the Father. He begins to unleash these seven seals depicted and described in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation, going through chapter 8. And terrible time on planet Earth. The Lord could come back in a moment, and I'm going to tell you about what God did last week in regards to the message about Jesus Christ coming back again. However, in chapter 8, we begin to uh, get a glimpse of these uh, preceding judgments, namely the seven trumpet judgments where cataclysmic and catastrophic events take place on the earth. And these 200 million, I believe, demon creatures come out in the form of demons really tormenting the human race for five months, and men still will not repent. Imagine. Uh, in progression and in rapidity, these trumpet uh, judgments are uh, continually poured out until we come to chapter number 16 and then the opening of these seven vials and far worse than even the beginning of the seals and the trumpet judgments. Now, I might mention in the midst of all of this, the wrath of God, there are those 144,000 Jews who are supernaturally sealed out of the 12 tribes of Israel, along with the two witnesses described in Revelation chapter 11, and angels will even be proclaiming the gospel during this time on planet Earth. Yes, God's got a plan for Israel and a plan for the church, and not only that, but the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled during this time. I said that to tell you chapter 17 of the book of Revelation is a description of the false church, the apostate Babylonian ecclesiastical religion. Oh, by the way, it was established in the first chapter, uh, well, really the first book, the book of Genesis chapter 10. Nimrod makes a, um, a tower, and there is the origin of the false religion as it uh, can be unfolded even in the church of Pergamos, the seat of Satan, as described in chapter 2 of the book of Revelation. However, the false church will not last, even though the state and the church will merge according to Revelation chapter 17, and then chapter 18 is a description of commercial Babylon. We've already looked at that one whole message. And then all of that is... Uh, will be consummating the return of our Lord, not in the rapture, but in the second coming after the seven years described in Revelation chapter 19, where he inaugurates his millennial kingdom. That'll be the in literal rendering of the kingdom of God will come when Christ sits on his throne 
in Jerusalem for 1,000 years. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that time. But we'll come back with him, the church. And furthermore, in chapter 20 is the description of that. And I lead up to chapter 22 of the book of Revelation. If you have Revelation 22, we're just going to be looking at two verses today. Verse 1 and verse 2 of Revelation 22. If you'd like to stand, let's read this together, please. Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, the message entitled, Hope for Healing. Hope for Healing. If there was ever a time we needed hope in this nation, I believe it's right now. Many families are struggling. Many people are bound down and dealing with a lot of demonic activity. Revelation 22, verse 1. John writes this, and he showed. I preached from this text before, but not the same message, beloved. Let's read it again. He showed me a pure river of water of life. I love that. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. Imagine, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Did you see that? Did you read that? The throne of God and the Lamb. Please don't let that just pass over your head. The throne of God and the Lamb. What does he mean by that? We're going to come back to that in a moment. Notice verse 2. In the midst of the street of it. And we sing some songs that say streets, plural, of gold. Technically, it's a one street, singular, instead of the streets of gold, plural. Anyway, that's another subject in itself. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river was there the tree of life. We've been introduced to that tree of life in the book of Genesis and also in the first, really the second chapter of the book of uh, Revelation, the tree of life, which bear 12 manner of fruits. I said to you last week, thank God there'll be food in heaven, or at least in the new Jerusalem. 12 manner of fruits yielded her fruit, and they yielded her fruit in every month. Notice the last part of verse number 2. And the leaves of the tree, the leaves of the tree, imagine, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. The healing of nations. That's where I uh, was led of the Lord to develop the title for today, Hope for Healing. Hope for Healing. May God bless the reading of his word to our heart today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you today. We love you, Lord, because of your great love for us. Thank you when I didn't love you, you loved me. Thank you when I wasn't searching for you, you came looking for me. Thank you when I couldn't reach you high enough, you reached down low enough. Lord, thank you that when I couldn't become good enough, you were, oh God, the Lamb of God, the sinless Son of God who takes away the sin of the world. Lord, we bless you that our sins, you said, though they be like scarlet, they should be white as wool. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your church and for your calling and for your anointing and for your people and, and for your plan and your purpose and your glory today. We worship you and bow before you because you're alive and you are sovereignly overseeing everything happening in this world and it's going according to your plan and your purpose. 
and you will fulfill your word. You've proved it in the past. You're proving it right now, and you will come one day. I pray for those hurting today, those need healing today, and help and encouragement and breakthroughs. Oh, God, we're hungry and thirsty for a word from heaven. We thank you the word of God is able to build us up. We praise you that you are, oh, Lord, the one who's worthy, and we give you glory and honor. Cleanse my heart now and fill me afresh today. And as the psalmist said, open my mouth wide and fill it afresh. Thank you again for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for the gospel, the good news, oh Lord, that changes us and is changing us from glory to glory until we see you one day face to face. We pray now as we remove every distraction, oh Lord, God, zero in on us, deliver us from the evil one, and give us hearts to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, eternal seed that's forever set in heaven. Make us all that you want us to be in these days, spirit-filled daddies and spirit-filled husbands and spirit-filled mamas and spirit-filled wives and grandparents, spirit-filled Christians and Sunday school teachers and preachers, and, uh, oh God, Christians, Father God, Sweep across this land, send a mighty Holy Ghost spiritual awakening, and let it begin in me, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today in the, in the message. Number one, how can we have hope and healing for our hearts? I find that in Revelation 22.1. He showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, yielding a fruit in every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. Number one, how can we find healing and hope for our hearts? Number two, how can we find healing? How can there be hope and healing for our homes and for this nation? As I thought and sought the Lord this week, this is what God's had on my heart. So number one, how can we find hope and healing for our hearts? Again, I want you to pay attention, please, and read with me chapter 22, verse 1. Look at it again. He showed me. That is, God showed John, God the Father gave, God the Son who gave, to God the Holy Spirit who gave, to the angel who gave to John. He showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Stop right there. Let's take that one verse, break it apart, and say, Lord, what are you saying to us today? I want to share with you two ways that we can have hope and healing for our hearts based on this verse. Hope and healing based on this verse alone. Number one, we can have hope and healing for our hearts by drinking of this river of water of life. That's how we can have hope and healing, by drinking of this river of water of life. Tell me, have you drank from this fountain that shall never run dry? Tell me, are you thirsty for God these days? Tell me, are you longing to drink from the rivers of water? Oh, thank God, Jesus said it this way. He said, oh, if any man thirsts, let him come and drink. He that believes in me, as the Scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. And this he spoke, Jesus said, of the Holy Ghost. 
the Holy Ghost of God. That's how we can have hope and healing when we drink of the fountain that never will run dry. And I believe there's some of us today that are thirsty for God. Oh, there's some of us today that are hungry for the things of God. We see that the world cannot satisfy the longing of our heart and that unconditional love and that fulfillment of the purpose of God. So I want to tell you, brother, I want to tell you, sister, we can drink from the fountain of this river of living water. Notice that John didn't say it's a little trickle. He didn't say it's a little drip. He didn't say it's a little creek. He didn't say it was a, a little brook. He said it's a pure river of water of life. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, God knows how to refresh us when we get weary in the battle. Is there anybody here that's going through some spiritual warfare? Is there anybody here that's stressed out to the max? Is there anybody here that's bound down with care and calamities because of the things of this whole world? Praise the Lord. We can have hope for healing in our hearts by drinking from the fountain again of the rivers of water. Will you drink of that fountain today? I'm telling you, the Lord's given you a drink from this rivers of water. Uh, don't refuse it today. Yes, drink and you'll be satisfied. Feast on the manna that comes from heaven. If you'll notice chapter 22 and verse number 17, here's where I get the thought of the river of water. Chapter 22, verse 17, and the Spirit, capital S, Spirit. That means Holy Spirit. The capital S and the Spirit and the bride. Notice the bride is we, the church. Here's what the church is saying to people today. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. I'm telling you, God's inviting you today. God's saying you don't have to have sin in your life. God's saying you can confess your sin. And God's saying if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we don't have to live a defeated Christian life. We don't have to try to please God in the flesh. We don't have to be hampered by bad habits and by unpure thoughts in our mind. Why? Because God has made provision for us because the Holy Ghost of God wants to fill every daddy in this place today. The Holy Ghost of God wants to fill every husband in this place today. The Holy Spirit of God wants to take every Christian and fill us up. I don't know about you, but I can say, dear God, I come with my cup today. I need a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost of God. I'm telling you that Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, he said in the context of walking cautiously and using your time wisely and getting filled up daily and singing joyfully in the context of Ephesians chapter 5. He said, walk circumspectly. He said, redeem the time, the days are evil. He said that be not drunk with wine for success, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. I love that text in chapter 5, verse 18. Really, I was quoting from chapter 5, verse 15 through 18. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, 
get to let the Holy Ghost of God overtake you, control you. I'm glad to tell you today, beloved, that Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. Aren't you glad? He said, I'm going to send my spirit. He'll be with you, in you, and upon you. He'll guide you into all truth. You're not alone, beloved. <laughs> Reminds me of one dear saint that uh, used to tell me, said, Pastor, I'm never alone. I said, what do you mean? You, you're, you're a widow now, and you're up in your 90s? said, I'm never alone. said, I go to bed. <laughs> I go to bed with Ben Gay. I wake up with Charlie Horse. I go to the table with Will Power, and I spend the day with all the writers. I'm never alone. I'm telling you, we're never alone. But look here. This is what that means. Tell me, are you spirit-filled? Is the Holy Spirit controlling you? Is the Holy Spirit controlling your thoughts, your actions, and reactions? Be not drunk with wine for success, but be, and the word is there, peruste, it's the word in the present tense. Be filled. Be filled. Say that with me. Be filled. Say that with me. Be filled. Say that again. One more time. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. It means uh, present tense. Not once and for all. Rather ongoing. Rather continuous action. Are you spirit-filled today? Are you spirit-filled now? Have you been spirit-filled? Does anybody need the Holy Ghost of God to take them and fill them up today? You've been angry. You've been bitter. Maybe you've been uh, distressed or stressed or anxious about things and God the Holy Spirit, God's not the author confusion. God said, I'm going to lead you in this world, but you don't have to be of the world because greater is he is in me that he's in the world and the only way husbands we can love our wives as Christ loved the church is to be spirit filled why because that's in chapter 5 following be filled with the spirit verse 25 of chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church gave himself for it wives you can't respect your husband outside of being filled with the Holy Ghost that's chapter 5 same chapter by the way and yet it's in verse 33. See then she respect your husband. Hey, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's chapter 4, verse 6 of the book of Ephesians. You and I can't fulfill that purpose, hear me, outside the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I can't be a spirit-filled pastor. I can't be a spirit-filled Christian outside the filling of the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all recognize your need to be filled today? Amen. Oh, God, fill us afresh. I'm sick and tired of this world of animosity. I'm sick and tired of this world of uh, anger and of uh, worldliness. Oh, Jesus, fill us today. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, Ephesians 6.1. You can't be a, a spirit-filled child or son or daughter outside the filling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants to do it today. The only way I know that my heart can be healed from anger and bitterness. How many of y'all been through some stuff in your life? Let me see your hand. How many have had some stuff to happen when you were younger and you know that maybe your family is not uh, this or you've gone through this uh, situation or something has happened and you've uh, taken your eyes off the Lord Jesus? Well, healing, healing, and hope for our hearts, number one, by drinking of the rivers of water. Will you do it today? Will you drink from the fountain today? Will you say, God, I've been trying to milk the world. I've been trying to get my needs met through all the things in the world, popularity and compromising truth and uh, 
fascination with the things of the world, love not the things in the world, neither uh, love not the world, neither the things in the world. First John 2, verse 15 through 17, and we come up disappointed, we come up spiritually dry, and God says, I will give you a fresh touch today. I will, it don't matter what you've done, hear me. The Spirit of God is available to seal us according to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. That means property ownership. Not only that, but birth us in the family of God. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And he uh, births us in the family of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. As many as received him to them, be able to power to become sons of God. Even them that believe on his name. Oh, thank God for being called a child of God. A son and daughter of the living God. He accepts us in his beloved. Ephesians 1.3. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4. He's adopted us in his family. Ephesians 1.5. He hath made us accept in the beloved, Ephesians 1.6. And we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.7. And not only that, but oh, thank God, he uh, baptizes us in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. We are initially immersed into the church, the living God, initially, immediately, at the moment of regeneration when we are supernaturally saved by grace you say through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast when we are birthed in the family of God Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 he's delivered us from the power of darkness translated us in the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sin then we are baptized in the church I'm sorry to say I differ with my friends our charismatic friends who say we're baptized later with some kind of manifestation. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, according to them. However, I read the text in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, or rather chapter 12, baptism, aorist tense, verb, meaning once and for all at the moment of salvation. Now, I do believe in filling of the Holy Spirit later. So I use the word filling of the Holy Spirit rather than baptism of the Holy Spirit. Please note that, Christian. Look it up and check it out for yourself. But number two, there's a second way that we can have hope and healing right now. Not only by drinking of the fountain of living water, but number two, you'll notice, by seeing and believing in God the Father and God the Son. Where did I get that? Look at this. He said, clear as crystal. He showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God, the throne of God, See that? Throne of God and of the Lamb. Beloved, I suggest to you this is the God the Father and God the Son. You know Jesus Christ, when he purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father on high. That's what the writer of Hebrews said in chapter 1, verses 3 following. That's what Paul wrote, and I believe Paul to be the author there as well, in Romans 8, 34. That uh, who is this to condemn it is Christ that had died, yea, rather that is risen again, who's even at the right hand of the Father on high. Jesus Christ, when he purged our sins, he left heaven's glory and was formed and made in a vesture dipped in clay. And Paul said it this way in that kenosis passage, Philippians chapter 2. And let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every other name, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. To the glory of God the Father, I dare you to say Jesus is Lord. Amen. I dare you to say Jesus is Lord. I'll be honest with you, when you take a stand and say Jesus is Lord, that means Jesus is kurios, not Caesar, not money, not sports. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's ruler. He's master. He's boss. He's bought us. He's coming back for us. He loves us. He's changed us. It's all about Him. And it's through Him. And it's unto Him. And thank God one day we'll get around this throne and sing worthy is the Lamb. He sure has been good to me. He sure has been good to us. And God help us to offer the sacrifice of praise today and say, Lord, I don't care if anybody else else doesn't give you glory Lord you've been better to me than I deserve Amen. he has hasn't he yes he has thank you Jesus hey I don't care what people think about me I want to please you and I don't do what I do to get your approval but rather as the Spirit of God moves on our heart if you get spirit filled you don't care what people think Amen. I'm not talking about ridiculous stuff I'm talking about biblical stuff here well the throne of God and the Lamb. But wait a minute. When Jesus Christ sat down, the right hand of the Father, you know what he's doing? He's waiting for the Father to say, Son, it's time to go get your bride. I'm telling you, I don't know when that's going to happen, but it could be any moment. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Be also ready, for you think not the hour the Son of Man comes. Matthew 24, verse 44. We know it's a late hour. No wonder Paul said, Knowing the time that is high time to wake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Yes, that's in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Yes, Paul said in First. Thessalonians 5, verse 1 following, he said, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. When they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail of a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, speaking to the church of Thessalonica, are not in the darkness that that day, the day of the Lord, will overtake you as a thief in the night. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 13, Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. You sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, oh, yes, I do, and arose again, them also will God bring with him. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord. We which are alive and remain will not go before them which are asleep. For the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel. That's Michael, by the way. The voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Da, 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 da. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain will be snatched away, caught away. <laughs> mm, yes, caught away. Mm, the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
so shall we ever be with the Lord. Healing, help, hope for our hearts today. When Jesus comes again. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. and I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'll come again. I may believe that he's coming again. Brother and sister, if you don't believe that, I'm telling you, I would be miserable. I would have no hope. I would be depressed. I'd be discouraged. But when you're down, you can look up. Why? Because our redemption draws nigh. He said, I'll come again, receive you unto myself. And where I am there, you may be also. Paul wrote to Titus in chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. He said, concerning the coming of the Lord, looking for that blessed hope, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Titus chapter 2, verse 13, Luke chapter 21, verse 28, and following, Christ will come again. There'll be distress of nations, perplexity. Hear me. In the end time, the Lord said there'd be distress of nations, perplexity. You know what that word means? <gasps> Can't hardly breathe. There's stuff going on all the time. He said there'd be distresses of nations, distresses of nations, perplexity. I saw yesterday in the paper where I believe it's uh, uh, over in uh, the EU and France, I believe it is, or some country over there, shut down again, a second shutdown. The Prime Minister Boris shut down the country again. Oh, brother, I'm telling you, we're facing days we've never faced before, unprecedented times, and yet the Lord has said he's got the king's heart in his hand as the rivers of water, and he turns it whithersoever way he will. Look at this. Jesus Christ is on the throne. And one day, do you know, the only time I read the Bible, when Jesus stood up, when his martyr Stephen Stephen, a spirit-filled man of God, sharing the word of God, and those religious crowd jumped on him like a pack of wolves, pelting him with rocks. And as they witnessed, his face was like an angel. And the scripture said, oh, he saw Jesus. Yes, Jesus stood up. Somebody said he stood up and said, come on home, Stephen. <laughs> come on home, Stephen. I don't know about that, but I know this. Last Sunday morning, can you hear me? Last Sunday morning at the 11 o'clock service, I was preaching on the subject. You were here, you remember. In the book of Revelation, this same message that Jesus Christ is coming again gave the invitation. A young 15-year-old young lady came to the altar right here. I wasn't really sure who it was. I was praying, and during the time, I walked over and knelt down beside her and her dad, and I could hear the cries of her heart. I could hear her groaning in her heart, and again, I still didn't know exactly who it was, but my spirit was bearing witness there as she began to cry out to God. It was a heart of repentance. It was a heart of cry. Oh, Jesus, I believe. And anyway, I rejoiced in the Lord what God was doing. She prayed for a number, for a little while down there. And not knowing what happened after the end of the service last Sunday, she went out the door and she was lit up like a light bulb. And she said to me, she said, you know what happened to me? I said, no, what happened? 
She said, I asked Jesus to save me. I trusted Jesus today to forgive my sin, and I received him today as my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. 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 I said, really, did he do it? She said, yes, I feel relieved. I said, well, what prompted you to do it? She said, I couldn't bear the thought of being left behind. I couldn't, I couldn't take it knowing that Jesus Christ was going to come again and that I would be left and my family would be taken. And she said, God convicted me of my sin. And I cried out to Jesus to save me. You know what, beloved? The Bible says there's joy in the presence of angels of one sinner that repents. One sinner. That's in Luke chapter 15. Yes, rejoice in the Lord always and again. I say rejoice. What does it profit a man that became the whole world and lose his own soul? Yes, the soul that sinned shall surely die. And she said, I knew that I was lost. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And she said, I knew that I'd missed the mark. Whosoever keeps the whole law and yet offends it in one place is guilty of it all. James 2.10. And I, I've told you before that it's not the works. No, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Have you been saved today? That's the greatest need you have. have you, are you in a right relationship with God? There can't be really hope and healing outside the God of all hope. Romans 15 and verse 13, Paul said this to the church of Rome, comprised of Jews and Gentiles, evidently established after the day of Pentecost, and although they were facing a lot of doctrinal issues, yet Paul said, now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace and believing you might abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Again, that's Romans 15, 13. And the word hope, by the way, is the word elpis. It means confident expectation. But I'll be honest with you. There can't be real healing in a heart. Healing from the terrible virus of sin. The guilt of sin. The stain of uh, disobedience to God, the shame that goes along with it, nothing can take that away but the blood, the blood of Jesus can make the vilest sinner clean because, thank God, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. But, oh, there's power still in the blood. Yes, there is. Paul said in Romans 5 and 9, much more than being justified by his blood, we should be saved from wrath through him. You say, but pastor, I don't feel worthy. No, I don't either. I've got in my hand a $20 bill. It looks like a nice $20 bill, doesn't it? How many need a $20 bill? <laughs> Nothing wrong. This is valuable. This is costly. This is worth $20. But wait a minute. What if I, I see your hand back there, Deanna, saying I need a 20, ha, ha, ha. What if I took this $20 bill and I crumpled it up and I threw it down and I stomped on it? You'd say I'm crazy, right? <laughs> what would you think if I took this same $20 bill, though it had been crumpled and wobbled up and stomped on, is it still worth $20? It's still worth $20. I want to tell you something. The devil 
has tried to crumple us up and throw us down. He has done his dirty work in our life. He has tried to ruin us. He has tried to get us to go to the lake of fire. But God said, no, you're valuable. You're made in the image of God. And though you might have messed up, am I preaching to anybody that's ever messed up? I'm, I'm at, am I at the right church? Has there anybody ever messed up? Is there anybody here that's ever sinned? Is there anybody here that know you've missed the mark? Is there anybody here that God, like me, got you out of the trash can? Or is there anybody here that used to be a self-righteous Pharisee and the Lord in his rich mercy and his great arm of grace pulled us up out of the miry clay, put in our our mouth a song and washed us thoroughly in his blood and gave us a home in heaven where the soul will never die and there's no more sickness of sorrow a place whose builder and maker is God I'm telling you today well I may have messed up you have may have messed up but thank God God accepts us in his son oh yes he does I just want to, now, now, if you're one of those self-righteous Pharisees, you don't appreciate that. But if you understand how filthy and ungodly your sin is before a holy God, you'll recognize, God, you're thrice holy, and yet to have mercy on my wretched soul, I owe you my life. I owe you my life. You ever get to think about where you'd be if Jesus hadn't changed you? You ever get to think about how, where you'd be without Jesus Christ had not changed you? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for His grace. That, I tell you, beloved, leads to secondly, and I'll be quickly on this. Not only, one, how can we have hope and healing in our hearts by this river of living water, taking of that river of living water. Oh, yes. What refreshing. I love from the throne of God, the rivers, rivers, drink from them today. Will you drink from them today? Will you say, I'm thirsty today? Will you say honestly before God, I need a drink from the fountain? Yes, the river of living water. Number two, how can there be hope and healing for our homes and nation? Notice verse two. In the midst of the street of it, this street of gold, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bear twelve manner of fruits, and yielding of fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. Quickly, can I tell you, there are two ways to have hope and healing, not only for our heart, but now for our homes, and furthermore, for our nation. How many believe we live in a divided nation? How many believe that you don't know what's going to take place next week? Not a single one of us. We may have a civil war for all you know and for all I know. Well, no, don't say it can't happen. Can you hear me? I said, don't say. Never say never. You thought there wouldn't be a coronavirus either last year at this time. Can I get a witness? Nobody would have dreamed our houses would have been shut down, the churches would be shut down, and we'd be going through what we're going. You don't know. I don't know, but aren't you glad God knows? I'm telling you today, we can put our trust in Him, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He shall direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yes, cast all your care upon the Lord. He cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. Psalm 55, 22. Cast thy burden on the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I'm telling you this, that 
the first way that we can have hope and healing for our home and nations. By the way, pay attention to that word nation. Why? It's the word ethnos. I find this very intriguing, beloved, the etymology of the word nation. You'll notice the word nation, the leaves of the tree were the healing of nations. The first way we can have hope and healing for our nation and for our homes is the leaves of the tree. This tree of life is introduced in the Garden of Eden. And yet, it's also introduced in the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, where John said concerning the church of Ephesus, instead of leaving, they need to be cleaving. They left their first love. And thus John said, he that overcomes, will I grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's Revelation 2, 7. So how can we find healing for this nation, healing for our hearts? I'll tell you how. This is how the word nations, if you'll notice, is the word ethnos. It means uh, Gentile. Here's the rendering of the word. It means uh, a Gentile, a race, a nation, the nation as distinct from Israel. Ah, John saying the leaves of the tree were for the healing of Gentiles, nations. Now, I didn't have to read that to know that there'll be many saved Gentiles. We looked at that last week and here not long ago concerning who will be saved. So my question is this. What should we do? This tree of life healing for nations is not clear absolutely. The Bible doesn't reveal everything to know about the tree of life and the leaves for the healing of nation. I will say this, the word healing there is the word therapuo, which does mean healing indeed. I believe we need healing. I talked with a man just this week and he said, Pastor, he li he's living down in South Georgia. He, uh, he uh, asked me to call him and I called him and anyway, he, we prayed together. He said, man, I need healing. I need healing. I've had a stroke. I need healing. It's hardly a day or a week go by that I don't get several people to send me texts or messages. Please, healing. Stuart Michelle Bland, they sent me a text message last Sunday morning and rather in, in the afternoon and throughout the week. Michelle's mom, her name is Jeanette. We've been praying for her. She was in Jacksonville, Florida, and it looked like all hope was gone, and it was. Eventually, they put her on hospice care, and Stuart sent me a message uh, Friday afternoon that when they finally took her home from Jacksonville, Florida, which was in Glenville, Georgia, he said in his text message, he, she, you know Stuart and Michelle, they've been with us in the Bland family for several years now, off and on. Anyway, she, uh, her husband said to her, he called, her, he called him Papa. Papa said to Nana, good night. He said that was it. <laughs> she checked out gone, absent from the body, present with the Lord, healing for our nation. Can I just stop and say there quickly, and I'm, I'm trying to land this plane. I want to share with you briefly in a moment two uh, ways for healing and hope for our hearts and our homes. Before I do, though, you do know, let me just say this real quickly. I heard a report last week that uh, Vice President Joe Biden and was being interviewed, and actually he was at a uh, gathering of Muslim lawyers. Here's what he said. He said he would appoint and nominate uh, Muslims to every single office. Now, I'm not anti-Muslim. I've been to uh, Turkey with 98% Muslim. I believe Muslims need Jesus. 
And you can go to our YouTube page that did a whole message an hour long on Islam versus Christianity. I don't have time right now to go into it other than to say, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, beloved, we're in trouble as a nation. I said, we're in trouble as a nation. I said, we're going to get in further trouble as a nation if the devil has his way. Why? Because right now there are the squad and there are others who are serving in the United States government. Keith Ellis being one. Put his hand on the Quran, Quran sworn, uh, sworn into. You say, but pastor, what's wrong with that? I'll tell you what's wrong. But a Muslim, make no mistake about it, they don't just say Islam is just a religion. Rather, it's an ideology. It's a political ideology. It's a religious ideology. It's a way of life. And I'll tell you what, if they're really practicing Muslims, their ultimate goal, hear me, is to implement the Sharia law. Now, many of God's, many Americans have had their head in the sand, but I'm telling you, if the enemy can have his way and he can begin to turn the course of the nation, I know God's in control. All I'm saying is we need to pray. Y'all don't hear me. I said we need to pray and we need to look up for our redemption draws nigh. Yes, it does. Can there be hope and healing? Yes. Because Jesus Christ is coming again. Hope for the home. Hope for our nation. Prayer for our nation. I wonder today, if you'd stand to your feet right now, if the Lord wills, there'll be election this coming Tuesday. Only God knows how it's going to turn out. Many project and many predict that it'll go on for a long time. I don't know. I know this, our hope is in the Lord. I know this, our help is in the Lord. Yes, I know this, our healing is in Jesus. Is there anybody here today? If you bow your head with me, close your eyes for a moment. I wonder if there's anybody here today to say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not a Christian. I'm not saved. I need healing for all the things I've done. I need forgiveness. And I do want to trust Jesus today. Is there anybody here that would say that? You need to cry out to God right now like I told you about the young 15-year-old young lady did last Sunday. Oh, the best thing you'll ever do. And is there anybody here that would say, Pastor, pray for me. I need physical healing. Would you lift your hand right up and right back down? All right, anybody else? I see a couple of hands raised. Anybody say, Pastor, pray for me. I need family healing. Amen. I need spiritual healing. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. There's hope and healing in you. Give us great grace in the midst of this trying time to trust you, to believe you, to continue to serve you no matter what. Until you come again, because you are our blessed hope. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. We're singing.